0: good morning everyone so good to see everyone here today we're busy speaking about um, a sermon or we're doing a sermon series called step into stepping into the new year stepping into something new that god has for us and i was sitting in and last year in december and i was praying about a new year and i was trusting god to lord what do we speak about in december and uh, and god spoke to me about about people looking at a new year how do we step into a new year every year Do we step into the new year with faith or with fear? You see, so many people step into the new year with fear and not embracing what God has for them and therefore missing the the destiny that God has set out for them to accomplish or to reach. Two weeks ago, we spoke about stepping into your promised land. We always believe that God says we have a promised land that we're going to step into this year, that God has promised us, some promises that God has given you through the years. And I believe that this is the start of new centuries, the start of so many new things, that we're going to step into something new that God has for us. And then last week we spoke about stepping into your purpose, stepping into your purpose. And, and we spoke about burning all the old stuff of the old year that's, that we've been dragging along, that we've been struggling with, encouraging us to leave those things in the old year and to start anew for what God has has for us in this year now now we we started our series um, looking at a guy called Joshua Joshua was standing at the edge of the Jordan River about to step into something new step into the promise that God has given them 40 years ago but because people were murmuring and they were they were they were um afraid and, and and full of fear stepping into the, that promised land 40 years before that moment god sent them back to the desert for the old murmuring side of the murmuring um, generation to die out and so that the new generation of israelites can arise and only two men survived there was joshua and caleb and they were about to step into the promise that god has uh, was given them and i can just think joshua standing on the edge of that of that jordan river And he had two choices. Either step into this promised land by fear. Or he could step into this promised land by faith. And and receive what God had for them as a nation. And it's the same way with us. As we step into 2020 with fear. We will miss what God has for us. But when we grab it by faith. We're going to see some amazing, amazing things Now. Now the theme of my sermon today is defeating your giants. Defeating your giants. Now I love war stories. And, the, and I love first and second world war stories. And I love the great battles that's been, that's been fought over the past. Now what, what I like about these things the most is with the amazing speeches that the generals or the leaders rallied the troops with to send them into victory. Now, I don't know if you know all the amazing movies that we've watched and all the movies of all the, the true stories, movies like Braveheart, where William Wallace was roading up and down with his, with his horse, shouting at the troops, saying, You can take my life, but you'll never take my freedom. I love the story Gladiator, where, where Maximus was in this was misty forest speaking to the men about to go into battle. And he said, What you do in life will echo into eternity. See, words of a heroic figure has the power to inspire people to achieve amazing things. Maybe you ask why, like me. Because we all want to be like them. See, we want to be courageous enough to look death and danger in the face and shout back. Men like Nelson Mandela, Winston Churchill, they inspired because of their courage. They had courage in the moments where it was the toughest. Now, long before the words of these men were spoken an 85-year-old leader from Israel declared with tremendous passion words that could be included in a category mentioned above. See, this warrior inspired a nation, a generation to come, when he boldly declared, give me that mountain. You see, it is one of the most profound speeches in the Old Testament. And here is the story of those words. It's a story of a man called Caleb. Now the first time we read about this yarrow is in number 13. See the Israelites were at the Jordan River for the first time. And we, I know we've, we've covered all these things in the first two sermons. But I just want to build some foundation before we go into this. See the Israelites were at the Jordan River for the first time. After they went out of Egypt. And, 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 and when they came out of Egypt God did amazing miracles. And then as they stood at the Jordan River for the first time looking into the promised land, Moses sent out 12 spies and they went into the promised land for 40 days and they came out. And 10 of the 12 men reported, this land is too dangerous for us to go into. There's giants in this land. There's fortified cities with walls as high as as we've never seen before. But then Caleb among the the 12 stood up and he quieted the people and he said to following. And it's there on the board. It's number 13 verse 30. He says the following. Then Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once and take possession for we are well able to overcome it. So because of the people's unbelief and lack of faith, they were sent back to the desert for 40 years. Why? So that the generation that was in unbelief, in fear, could die out. And that a new one could rise See, when Joshua and the new generation of Israelites walked through the Jordan River into that promised land, it wasn't the end of the story. We all think, oh, now they've walked into the promised land. Yes, let's start the party. We've arrived. We are in the promised land that God has given us. But that was not the story. For the next five years, they went into battle, conquering every city, killing every king and every, every hidden nation in that, in that country that God has promised them. See they took every city by force. And they possessed what God has given them. But see it wasn't just a walk-in; It wasn't a, a party to, to welcome them in. It was a fight. It was a fight as they walked into that promised land. See after they took that land. And the fighting was still busy here and there. But most of the, 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 the fortified cities was conquered. Joshua stepped forward. And he called all the leaders and all the, the families together. And he started dividing land now when it was caleb's turn to receive his land he was 85 years old see 45 years after he passionately tried to get the people to invade the promised land 45 years 40 years in the desert waiting for a promise five years fighting and possessing the land that god has given him 45 years of waiting how many of us has waited 45 years for something Maybe some of us have waited that long and we know that that waiting for that long, your passion grows for what God has promised you. Now after some administrative allocations to the priest, Joshua calls Caleb to step forward. I can just imagine the two embracing with tears running down their cheeks, like beloved teammates, almost like winning the World Cup. And Joshua said, my old friend, I have saved the best land for you. Chose from all of Canaan where you want to establish your household. And then Caleb stood forward and he shocked everyone. He stood up and he pointed to a mountain called Hebron. And he said, give me this mountain. Now I wonder if if Joshua explained that, that, that Hebron was one of the hot zones where the battles were still being fought. I imagine Joshua offering Caleb Mount Carmel. Along the coast of the Mediterranean Sea or the fertile valleys along the Jordan River. But Caleb said, no thank you my friend. Give me that mountain. And then Caleb started explaining what God has promised him. And where he had once walked. And this is his speech. And we can read together in Joshua 14 verse 6 to 13. It says the following and it's quite a long, long piece so bear with me. It said the following. Then the children of Judah came to Joshua and Gilgal, and Caleb the son of Jephuniah, the Kezathite said to him, "You know the word which the Lord said to Moses the man of God concerning you and me in Kadesh Barnea. I was forty years old when Moses the servant of the Lord sent me from Kadesh Barnea to spy out the land, and 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 I brought back word to him as it was in my heart. Nevertheless, the brethren who went up with me made the heart of the people melt." But I wholly followed the Lord my God. So Moses swore on that day saying, Surely the land where your foot has trotted shall be your inheritance and your children's forever. Because you have wholly followed the Lord my God. And now behold, the Lord has kept me alive, he said. These 45 years, ever since the Lord spoke these words to Moses, while Israel wandered in the wilderness. And now here I am this day. 85 years old. As yet I am as strong that this day as the day that Moses sent me. Just as my strength was then, so now is my strength for war. Both for going out and coming in. Now therefore, give me this mountain of which the Lord spoke in that day. For you heard in that day how the Anakin were there. And that the cities were great and fortified. It may be that the Lord will be with me. And I shall be able to drive them out as the Lord has said. Isn't that a great piece? You see Joshua gave him the land after that speech. And then what happened after a few years? We read a chapter ahead in Joshua 15 verse 14. We can read about Caleb again. And he said, Caleb drove out those three sons of Anak from there. Seshai. I, my, and Talmai, the children of Anak. Now, if, if you go through the scriptures, the family of Anak was the generation of giants in that land. And he killed all three generations of that giants that was in the city of Hebron or the mountain of Hebron. He went in and he destroyed them. Isn't this a great story? What great words. What a man. I think, I think this ranks up there with the likes of Braveheart. But there's something we should not miss here. You see we can read all these stories and we can read all these amazing things. But there's something for us us each in this. In the same way that God gave Caleb the mountains of Hebron. So does God give every one of us a piece of land. See it's not a physical piece of land but rather our lives. It's where I walk. It's where I work. It's where I am a father to my children. It's where I'm a husband to my wife. It's where I'm the head of my home. It's where I work with my finances. It's in my relationship with God, with my friends. It's in my relationship with my family. You see, it's my purpose in life. It's my destiny. See, this is my piece of land. And where you find yourself right now, today, in your life, that's your land. And whether you're a student or a single or married with children, God allocates each one of us a piece of land. And just like Caleb that was given a piece of land that was not yet conquered but filled with giants. In the same way we have to conquer the giants in our lives. See there's been things in our lives as we grow up as men and women that we know there's giants in our lives that we need to conquer as we step into this new century. Now I want to this morning share three principles from the life of Caleb. What can we as Christians or as believers learn from a man and a hero like Caleb? The number one that I want to give us today is, number one is the land was his responsibility. You see, the land was not yet conquered. The land was still filled with giants. Giants still lived there. And even though the land was going to be his children's one day, it was his responsibility. It was his responsibility to clear out the land and deal with that giant's. See, Caleb was the father. He was the point man. And he had to deal with the giants in that land. See, if the father does not deal with the giants, then the children will have to fight those same giants as they grow up. Look what happened to Joshua. If we go to Joshua 11, verse 21 to 22, it says the following, and speaking speaking about Joshua, it says, Then Joshua came out at that time, and cut off the Anakim from the hill country, from Hebron, from Deba, from Anap, and from all the hill country of Judah, and from all the hill country of Israel, Joshua utterly destroyed them with their cities. There were no Anakim left in the land of the sons of Israel, only in Gaza, in Gath, and in Ashdod some remained. So what happened? Joshua went with Caleb and he helped them defeat the city of, of Hebron. And then he went on and he conquered other cities with giants in it. But he left three cities unconquered. But then 400 years after this event, the armies of Israel were standing and trembling before one man. And we all know the name, Goliath. Guess where he was from? The city of Gath. See, 400 years later, the seed of the same giant that Joshua failed to conquer was now driving fear into the hearts of Israel. Now, here's the principle. See, the giants that I do not deal with in my own life do not disappear. They do not disappear when I'm not long, no longer there. They do not disappear when I die. When I die, they don't die. They remain for my children to fight along with their giants. See, how many young men are enslaved by habits because of the magazine or the something they, they discovered in dad's drawer? How many young people are struggling with prejudice or racism because of mum and dad never dealt with it? How many of our children will have happy marriages and healthy relationships if mom and dad couldn't conquer the giants? See, how can our children have good self-esteem if we walk around with poor self-esteem and insecurity? How can we think that our children can be different from us if they have to face the same giants we had to face? See, we have to conquer those giants for them. The best way to begin to bring the kingdom of God to our children is to step into this land and take responsibility to defeat the giants there so that they do not have to fight them when they get there. You see, I do not want my children one day to fight the giants. I'm busy fighting in my life. There was times in my life that I realized if I keep this giant in my life, my children is going to have to fight them. And they're going to have the same fights I'm fighting. And because I could not conquer them, my children would have had to conquer them. You see, this land is my responsibility. It's my responsibility to inherit it and to possess it for my children and for our children. We as mothers and fathers have a responsibility to step into this land And to take ownership and to take possession so that our children would not have to do it. But that they will have a legacy from all the things that we have taken responsibility of. Then the second principle I want to take from Caleb's life was that there was a different spirit in Caleb. In Numbers 14 verse 24, God said the following. He said, but my servant Caleb, because he has a different spirit in him and has followed me fully, I will bring him to the land where he went, and his descendants shall inherit it. See, Caleb was not afraid of the giants. Not afraid to face them eye to eye and call them by their names. Yes, Caleb knew them by their names. When he spoke in Numbers, he said, There are giants from Hebron there, and they are the sons of Anak. When he gave the report, when he came back uh, as a spy in the, first, the first time. See, so many of us are afraid of our giants or rather ashamed of them. We we do not want to look them in the eye even. If if we look at the story of David and Goliath, why was it called David and Goliath and not Saul and Goliath? See, they both were there. Saul was, was, was the king. He was the father. He was head and shoulders bigger than any man in his regiment, in his army. He was a big man of stature. He was strong. He had authority. He was supposed to stand before Goliath and fight him. But because he was so afraid, the next generation had to face the giant, the previous generation couldn't conquer. See how many times in our lives, because we are not filled with faith enough to conquer our giants in our lives, that that the next generation behind us have to come in and fight that giant. See if I fear my giants, I will avoid them. I will make it as if they do not exist. And because I do not deal with them, my children will have to do it for me. And I just realized that is not what's going to happen in my life. And I know there's so many of us sitting here today, that there's giants in our lives that we know that it will not happen to us. It will not happen to us. But I will conquer these giants for my children and leave a legacy so that they will not have to fight them. See, 2 Timothy 1 verse 7 says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind. You see, God has not given us a spirit of fear. See, God has given us a spirit, but it's not a spirit of fear. He's given us the Holy Spirit. So maybe you can ask, what spirit did Caleb had? He had the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit, who is not afraid or do not shrink back. That's the spirit we have. It's the Spirit of God who who is courageous enough to step into the land and conquer the giants. See, the closer we begin to walk with God, the more we will begin to conquer and rise to victory. Now, here's my key. Here's the key. All I must do is run to the battle line and face the giant and God will conquer him. We need to understand what it means to have the Spirit of God dwelling inside of us. You see, when I run into the battlefield, I just need to strap on that armor, get my sword and my belt, and see how God conquer my giants. You see, that's what God wants from us. We just need to have the faith to run into that battlefield like David and stand and tell that giant, today is your day where I'm going to cut off your head. See, God gives us a spirit that is different from the world. See, in the world, people shrink back. They are afraid. They doubt if they can do things that God has called them to do. But not in a kingdom. As a believer of God, you have the Holy Spirit in your life. That means that that you can do so much more. That's why the, the scripture says, with my God, I can leap over a wall. I can run against a troop. There's so much I can conquer with my God than without Him. See, God gives us a different spirit than is in the world. A spirit that is not afraid to face the giants. Because our strength lies in God, who will never forsake us. I love the scripture in Hebrews 13 um, in Amplified, where God says, I will not, I will not, I will not leave you helpless or forsake you or leave you without support. And it's such a beautiful promise that Paul gives the believers that God is not a God who forsakes us. Because His Spirit lives in us and in you. And then the third principle I want to give today from from the life of Caleb. Is that Caleb inspired a new generation. He inspired a new generation. Caleb took the land that God gave him and he destroyed the giants. And we all know that. We just heard the story. But next to one of his cities, there was another city with giants. And we read in Joshua 15 verse 16. As Caleb came to his family and his, and, and his um, mighty men and he said the following to them, he said, And Caleb said, He who attack Kajik's scepter and takes it, to him I will give Asha my daughter as a wife. So, and if we read further, you will find that Othniel took the town and destroyed the giants and were there. I know it's a funny name, <laughs> but Othniel was the man who took up the challenge. Who took up the challenge and said I will go and get the giants out of that city. And conquer it for you Caleb. And if you read further you see that Othniel was Caleb's younger brother. See Othniel saw what Caleb did and he thought. If Caleb my older brother can do this when he is 85 years old. Then surely I can do it. What we need is a few older brothers. Who will stand up. And face the giants without fear and shame. And and will defeat them. See there's so many young men and women. Just waiting for their older brothers and sisters. To stand up and to face their giants. See it is time for a generation of men and women. To step into the battle. And tell the enemy it is over. See God is calling us to step into our inheritance. That the enemy stole. Do you know that you've. Do you have a set up inheritance from, from God? That the enemy has been stealing in your life for so long because of fear, doubt, unbelief? And I believe this is the year, this is the change of century. This is 2020 where we need to step into our destiny, step into our inheritance. See, God is calling us to slay our giants that's scaring us away from our destiny. I realized this week as I was prepping for the sermon and I realized that how many times in my life has, I've, has the enemy scared me away from what God wanted to bless me with. Or wanted to give me an inheritance in. And I realize it is time. It is time for me to defeat this giant who's been scaring me away. And us away from so much that God wants to give us. See it's time for us to be the Davids that can shout back at Goliath. And said, you will not shout to my God like that. Today your head will be cut off. See, it is time for us to become Joshua's. To step into that promised land and lead people to victory. See, it is time for us to become Caleb's. To say, give me that mountain where the giants are. So that I can defeat them. And that my children do not have to defeat them when they are older. But see, if we do not become such a man or a hero now, this year, this time, and this generation. We will become Saul. Who because of fear and doubt and unbelief missed his calling that God had for him. Now I know the, the odds are against us if we look at the world and what's happening and what's happening around us. But you know what? We will rise to the challenge. We will rise to prove that just this generation will not just admire heroes. But at this generation will see heroes stand up and follow Jesus. I'm so tired of, of our children heroing the Marvel world of heroes and superheroes. And I, love, I, I mean, to be honest, I love the Marvel characters and love the Marvel movies. I'm, I'm a big fan. But I want my children to have a bigger influence by Jesus than the heroes in the Marvel industry. I want my children to look up to Jesus and to look up to men and women in the Bible and say, I want to be like that. I believe that this is a generation who will raise up heroes and be the heroes our children can look up to. I believe that we are in a generation that can face things and, and conquer their giants. I know that God has called our country and this town to be amazing and to be great. And every time I, I look at the news, I start speaking life into my country, life into, my, in, into our town, life into my family, life into my children. Because I know that we are stepping into a new generation, a new era of God doing amazing things. I want to encourage each and every one for you here this, this, this morning. Maybe you've been facing some giants in your life in the last couple of, of years and maybe the last couple of months, maybe even in this week. I want to encourage you that God has given you the responsibility to take ownership of your land. God has given you a spirit that is different than the world. He's given you a spirit that can conquer. And by making a decision to step up for your children, you are changing the next generation. May we be men and women that won't be afraid to step up and step in, but run into the promises that God has given us. I believe that this is going to be an amazing year where God's going to surprise us. That we're going to hear testimonies of men and women that's going to rise to the challenge and defeat their giants. Amen. Won't you stand with me and I want to pray with us this morning. Father, I thank you. Thank you for the privilege we have.